It's Friday night, May 21st, 2021. It's been a crazy night of playoff hockey. We'll talk about the Barracuda and the Silver Knights and how the starting goaltender for the Silver Knights just liked Kevin Lacey's tweet. We don't know why. We'll find out what Kevin said along with recapping this game one of this series right now. This is Barracuda After Dark. Ooh, Barracuda! Good evening, everyone. The Barracuda lose 4-1 to to the Henderson Silver Knights, playing their first ever playoff game in franchise history. Ah... <sighs> Some things don't change when you go either NHL or AHL, it seems like. <laughs> but welcome to Barracuda After Dark. This is your live and interactive Barracuda post game. Yeah, that's right. So teal together and interact with us, chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit that subscribe button. We do a lot more on Sharks coverage here on Teal Town USA, along with Reddit SoundCloud, Discord, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. Good evening, everyone. Yours truly, Eric Kerr, alongside Kevin Lacey. Kevin, um, so we, we kind of teased it right off the get-go. Why is the starting goaltender of the Henderson Silver Knights, who game ended about 10 minutes ago, liking your tweets, young man? <laughs> Yeah, why would I be smiling right now after the Barracuda lost yeah, four to one? Um, <laughs> it's a sm smile out of laughter because I I literally, folks, just got done saying, "Oh man, the Barracuda didn't do anything," and then all of a sudden my frown turned upside down. So, goalies, guys, goalies are a, a different breed, as we always say, and um, this is not the first time that this has happened. That. Uh, you know, I usually don't at players, uh, but the goalies always seem to find tweets about them as soon as the games <laughs> are over. So at the end of the first period, Kyle Topping, the third line center right now for the Barracuda, skated towards the crease. And it, it's hard to it's hard. It was hard to tell because Henderson doesn't have any replays. They have a very far camera angle. Oh, so shit. hard to tell. But Kyle Topping came near the crease. And as I have mentioned before, Logan Thompson's a very aggressive goaltender. He has a lot of tendencies, not to, uh, not a bad thing, like Marc-Andre Fleury, where he's right at the edge of the paint. But he also goes down quite easily. So my tweet was... I'd like to see a closer angle of what happened. But Logan Thompson looks like he could try out for a Cirque du Soleil with that performance. Kyle <laughs> Topping skated by the crease and the always aggressive Thompson went flying for... And Topping got two minutes for interference and Logan Thompson immediately after the game apparently liked my tweet. So that's <laughs> hella funny to me. Well, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see We'll see what uh, happens if he responds to you or anything. Uh, but uh, hello to everyone. Jerry F, thanks for joining us. Marty T, wanting to know, teach me the ways of the CUDA. SG 2021. This was a disappointing loss for the San Jose Barracuda. Well, I mean, how, how do, before we kind of break it down, overall, what did you think on this one? Because this one was a 
this this was a stinker for sure. This was in a way I have to feel like if you were a Tucson Roadrunners fan after Wednesday's game, this is how you felt about that game. Like that's <laughs> the Barracuda really didn't do a whole heck of a lot of anything. And I don't think Henderson played their best game, but Henderson played a solid game tonight. The Barracuda, I counted four good scoring chances the entire game. They did score on the one yeah, uh, in the first. In, Helga walks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the first period, some awesome sustained pressure by the fourth line, Zach Gallant, uh, Steen Pashnuk, and Christian Hrabik. Uh, sustained pressure. The in, Their entire shift was in the offensive zone. Uh, they just kept re, regaining the puck if they lost it, getting getting opportunities. It was great. They make a line change. Nick Malosh steals the puck, gets it to Jake McGrew. As McGrew comes on the ice, meanwhile, Jaden Hobgawaks comes right on the ice, skates right to the front of the net. McGrew throws it to the net. Hobgawaks scores. Outside of that, that was it for the first period, guys, from a Barracuda standpoint. <laughs> I mean, the shots were pretty close, but I felt like the puck possession really wasn't. Uh, starting off the second period, like I said, Kyle Topping in the box really didn't do much more, much else. Uh, scoring was definitely over with. The Gallant line had another solid shift in the second. Um, then in, in Topping's line had a decent shift in the second. And then the third period, it wasn't until um, Evan Weinger nearly redirected a, a point shot from Jacob Magna with two minutes left. Um, so there you go. Those are That's it. That was the offense, the four chances. Uh, this game really wasn't close unfortunately so yeah. good out good defensive effort by henderson tonight yeah you know uh dugan with a hat trick of course he gets two empty netters in that one but you mentioned the shots it was 11-9 after one period of play but after that san jose only had 12 shots on goal the rest of the game meanwhile you know henderson throws up you know 25 in the last two periods this is definitely well, well, you said they didn't play their best game. They definitely dominated this one. Right. And and even 11 to 5 in the third period, the shots were 9 to 2 when the Barracuda pulled Yosef Kojanash with under 3 minutes left. <laughs> Those two shots that Henderson got after that were the two empty net goals. Mm -hmm. The Barracuda got three. They got more shots with Kojanash out of the net than they did the entire first <laughs> 17 minutes of that period. So Oh boy. Yeah, this one this one was a rough one. So if you have any questions, please send them our way because that was your recap. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Marty T saying, ooh, it was that bad. Uh, as she's saying, it was a bad loss. Jerry F saying, it seemed like Kuda played two-thirds of the game in their own zone. And, and judging by the shots, I mean, that that's... You know, you don't you don't want to necessarily just blame... You know, just look at just shots on goal. But, I mean, it seemed like puck possession was the uh, was the thing here tonight. Yeah, definitely. I that's how I felt. Again, I said shots seemed a lot closer than than they felt after the first period. And I know that Nick Nolenberger at the end of the game said the scoreline doesn't reflect the game, but I absolutely do believe that. To be quite honest, I mean, uh, Jack Dugan with the hat trick thanks to two empty net goals. Yeah. And by the way, Jack Dugan on the you know the after 
San Jose beat Colorado the other night and we had our after dark show. Right. I mentioned Danny O'Regan is a major threat. Dylan Secura, who right now is with the Golden Knights, has has lit up the Barracuda this season. Completely forgot. I don't know why. Completely forgot Jack Dugan, their second leading scorer. Uh, and he sure made an impact tonight because, um, I mean, going back to the very first goal, Joseph Kozinash with a pretty bad turnover, and he'd had a couple in the first period, a pretty bad turnover, passes the puck right past Jake Middleton, right to Braden Pahal, who is uh, a Henderson defenseman. Pahal just throws it right back to the front of the net, kind of like McGrew's goal, actually. Just right. throw it to the front of the net and have that deflection in front by Dugan. That was the first goal of the game, and then Hobgawak's got his goal. But um, Kozhenesh, I thought he played fine, and he had to. I mean, he only gave up two goals. Like, let's be honest, he's only given up four goals in three games so far. So turnovers aside, let's not blame this on Joseph Kozhenesh. No. Henderson played a good game. And, and you take away those two shots on goal, that's 32, say, 32 shots he faced, 30 saves. Again, another yep. solid night for Kojinashi just didn't get the offensive support there. I I, I didn't think, uh, I didn't think he looked awful on the on the on the first Dugan goal or the Dorofiev goal, uh, yeah. you know. So again, if you're looking at it from from a a development uh, side as opposed to the you know thinking playoff side, uh, I mean for goaltending Koshinash is really starting to make a, his name to be definitely the backup or uh, at least in on pencil going into training camp in September. Yeah, 100%, especially I mean we'll see how the free agency season um turns out because I really think the Sharks have a strong chance of re-signing Devin Dubnik this offseason. Um but nevertheless, Josef Koshinash is is pushing for time. He he said that he feels he's ready. Um, <clears throat> I this season's kind of weird to gauge players because you're only playing the same teams. Not that it's really that different for the Pacific Division, but with the condensed schedule and with the way the Sharks deployed their players this season, this season particularly the goaltending where Kojanash would play two games, then Melnichuk would play three games while Kojanash was on the taxi squad, and then reverse that, you know? Right. So Kojanash only played, I believe, nine regular season games. So in in that, that stance, that's really not a whole heck of a lot, but it's it's it says something to me, guys, that when Kojanash can have two weeks off and then just turn it on and, and be solid and then be off for another week to two weeks and then come back and be solid again. Like I, I do think that consideration legitimate consideration needs to be made that he can be the NHL backup next season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, one, before we get to SG's question, I'll go through some of the comments here. You know, one yeah. of the few positives from the CUDA tonight was Koshinash's goaltending. That's from Jerry F. Uh, kind of a baseball term there, Rob Iman. Koshinash always seems to be caned. You know, lack of run support for Matt Kane when he was a pitcher for the Giants. Uh, you know, and, and basically saying the back position is Koshinash's job to lose at this point. And granted, we still have an offseason to go with it here. Uh, you know, and, and you also look at Melnicek should be better with a full offseason. Uh, Zachary Iman. You know, maybe 
to Allen, or maybe he gets a chance to to show his stuff with the CUDA, or with, especially at the development camp. And granted, we don't know if there's going to be an official development camp, but granted, I would think with everything opening up in California that we're going to be getting back to uh, some normalcy during the off season there for sure. That's a that's a good call, Eric. I like that because Zach Amon right now is the number five goalie on the Barracuda right now. Crazy to say <laughs> the number five goalie just on the farm team. <laughs> but uh, we'll see what happens with Sam Harvey uh, in the offseason because I don't believe he's under contract next season. Zach Sachenko is absolutely under contract next season and is deserving of being on the roster as far as I'm concerned. So I do think Amon starts on the a on the ECHL. Unlikely he would be loaned out to another AHL club, especially when you've got Seattle coming in next year and splitting an affiliation. Your roster spots are going to be uh, hard to find for loan players. Um, but go, sorry, it looks like you want to say no, something. I, I was just going to touch up on the Seattle situation because I know they were talking about getting a rink in Palm Springs and I know that fell through. Who are they going to be affiliated with next year? Uh, that has not um that has not come to surface yet, but okay. the thought is that they will not be splitting with any one team. They are just going to be kind of doing what the Barracuda do with the ECHL. We got a player. Anyone? Five dollars. Take our player. Take this guy. Take that. Like, I'm curious to see how many players Seattle actually signs for for the AHL or, you know, for development purposes in general. I mean, obviously, being an upstart team, you want to have as many prospects in the fold as possible. Uh, but I could see Seattle going very young in their draft this year and not signing a whole heck of a lot of minor league free agents uh, just until they get their, their situation there in Palm Desert going. But Palm Desert is uh, working on their uh, starting up the arena. They're still on schedule from everything that I've read. Um, so, and I, and I believe they've actually uh, gotten approval to put more money into the building. I didn't quite understand the finances of that, but I believe that they've been approved um, to to basically increase uh, the number of jobs the arena will have, uh, the building up the area there in Palm Desert where the arena is being built. Um, so it sounds like a very good situation, um, but the Kraken will have to wait an additional year before that comes to fold. So uh, we might very well see a couple of Kraken players on the Barracuda next year, although I'd say that's very unlikely because I think the Barracuda will try and set a new single season mark by having 40 players on the roster next year. <laughs> Just calling it now. So, so a 40 man roster. What What is this baseball? I mean, yeah. I, know, I know we were talking about off the air about, you know, how how the Barracuda can kind of, you know, use the mold of the San Jose Giants. But let's let's not get crazy here. I mean, are we going to have a have a beer shooter? I don't know. A beer goalie. I don't know what. I like it. I like the idea. Hey, so since we have had the baseball references and Rob Iman brought it up, the Kane situation, the right. Matt Kane, not Evander, not right. Patrick, not <laughs> Boyd Kane. Uh, for instance, it's an AHL podcast, so I have to throw Boyd Kane out there. Um, but anyway, um, the, the, the run support or the goal support right. now. We saw the Barracuda really got goals from 
Zach Galant and Kristoff Prebeek and a first goal in two years for Nicholas Malosh in the last game. Um, the the big names tonight, the top six, were very invisible outside of that one chance towards the end by Evan Weinger. Um, very disappointing night for Latunov's line and for Scott Reedy's line. And nights like tonight are where the lack of forward depth because of world championships, injuries, Joel Choman off in oblivion, Frederick <laughs> Handemark believed to be back in Sweden, situations like that. It's it's where when Henderson, though they have a couple of call-ups themselves, their roster is so much deeper from a uh, from the offensive side, from the forward side than San Jose's that um, this scoreline's not that surprising, but they're it's do or die again. The Barracuda, I guess, <laughs> technically are two and zero in elimination games, so they're going to have to win the next two. Um, they've shown they did it the last two, but it, it, they're going to have to have some more contributors here um, coming up on Sunday and then hopefully on Monday. Yeah, they. Uh, so game one is a four-one final. Uh, Silver Knights lead the series one game to nothing. Uh, game two. Is Sunday at 1 p.m. at Orleans Arena. Technically, if I'm not mistaken, technically, uh, the Barracuda are considered the home team in this uh, in this game, but uh, they are going to have to fight elimination uh, in this short best of three series. Uh, you know, <laughs> Kathy, hockey talk is so hot. That's what I was laughing about. Uh, I, I'm not going to repeat what Finn put on, put on there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Not going to go there, uh, but okay. Why is Kevin not a GM somewhere yet? Head of scouting, maybe. Um, I'm a GM of my simu simulation <laughs> hockey league, and that was the bright side, uh, bright spot of my night because Kapo Kakanen got his first NHL win in my sim league tonight for me. So, ha! <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. Right. Actually, let, let's talk about uh, development a little bit more, right. if you don't mind, Eric. Um, so Brandon Coe, you know, he's 19 years old, should have been playing in juniors all season. Um, I, you know, he'd be on an amateur tryout right now, uh, anyway, like Ozzy Weisblatt and Tristan Robbins are, although they're both hurt right now. Um, but Brandon Coe getting an opportunity on the top line now, a player who didn't play the first month. Uh, was a little banged up, but has crawled his way up to the top line. He had kind of a rough night tonight, but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, and uh, this was a night that a player like Brandon Coe can grow from because he needs to work on his defensive game, and but the, his effort level shows that he he recognizes that, and he's out there trying to do everything he possibly can to to stay in the lineup, stay on that top line. So my biggest complaint about this game tonight was the second goal, the winning goal by Pavel Dorofeyev. Um, Brinson Pashnuk, no idea where he was. He was up in Sandus Ogilinch territory uh, <laughs> for, for defensive prowess there. Uh, Nicholas Malosh had jumped up as well, which was why Brandon Coe was back. Malosh... Tried to get back, but just wasn't in the play. So Brandon Coe is defending this two-on-one, uh, the, the the young forward defending a two-on-one. Absolutely did not make the right play on that. Took the wrong player 100%. But that's something that the coaching staff can can 
take the film of it and say, hey, since it's a two-on-one, you need to be taking this other player. Let the, the back-checking defensemen worry about this other guy kind of thing. So that's, that's one note that it sucks. Henderson scored the winning goal off of that, but right. it's something he can learn from. And then in the third period, uh, the only power play that the Barracuda had, Henderson jumps out. Uh, it's another two-on-one. Robbie Russo, the defenseman, was back. Brandon Coe was the back checker in that situation. R Robbie Russo is basically teaching him. This is a playoff game, guys. <laughs> but Robbie Russo's like directing him with a stick, like teaching him, like, hey, you need to go here. And I, I that's why I love Robbie Russo on this team, because he can just he, he's so poised and he's got a lot of veteran leadership and he's won a Calder Cup. So to teach his young teammate in that in that moment, take this guy. And unfortunately, Coe doesn't have the speed yet to catch up to it. So so Coe is out to drive, but he's he's going take that guy. Don't come over here because Coe started to slide away. So, again. Another lesson that the coaching staff can can teach him from. So there are positives from from this, uh, even though it's a crappy situation. Um, you know, it's it is a developmental league. I think that's why the Sharks uh, didn't mind letting players go off to world championships and whatever, because it gives new players like Brandon Coe an opportunity to truly develop. So right. and and in a way, I mean, yes, it's not the Calder Cup playoffs per se, but. This is playoff experience, and yeah. no matter what league you're in, I mean, it's always, uh, you know, paramount to have that that experience going in, no matter what. Uh, tonight's a, a big reality check for for a lot of them, uh, and, and now now it's do or die. Let's see what the what these guys are made of, and honestly, you know, a lot of them are playing for staying with the organization here. Um, yeah. But, but at the same time, you mentioned Ozzy Weisblatt earlier, and mm -hmm. and his his Western Hockey League season's done, and he's with the Cuda. Do you see like anybody getting into the lineup to replace some of the the guys that are on the roster tonight uh, for Sunday? I think there needs to be some shuffling, Eric, for sure. Um, I don't know what roster moves can be made. I think defensively. I don't know if there's any better options there right now. Um, there are definitely options. I mean, the, the Barracuda still officially are carrying 32 players on the roster, although it seems to be more like 26. Still a lot of players. Right. You're, only allowed, you're only allowed 18 plus two goalies here. Um, I don't know what if they can do anything defensively. I don't know if they need to do anything defensively. Um, but from the forward perspective, if Ozzy Weisblatt's healthy enough, I'd like to see him in Sunday's game. Tristan Robbins, another Same. player, yeah. uh, highly talented. Tristan Robbins doesn't sound like he's healthy enough to be playing the rest of this season. I think he's just there to be around the team and gain the experience of, uh, you know, the playoff yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. Doesn't sound to me anyway like Robbins is good to go. Although, I mean, watch, he'll play Sunday. I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> I would like to, if Joel Chalman is truly injured and not back in Sweden, uh, boy, would could they use a boost in him because yeah. he was definitely one of the top three forwards for, for this team this year. So um, there are definitely moves to be made. If, if anything, line shuffling, because 
you know, what works against one team or two teams like Tucson and Colorado may not necessarily work for uh, matching up against Henderson. So um, we'll see what Roy Sommer has to do. But unfortunately, he only may have one game to make these changes. So. True, true. I mean, again, and you'll see on the scroll here, uh, game two, do or die for the CUDA will be Sunday at 1 p.m. If they win that game, uh, we'll be, you know, uh, they'll play game three, do or die Monday. 1 p.m. Uh, we know we, we know how that goes from Wednesday. <laughs> so all, all I'm going to say is uh, look out. He might be on a conference call, but also celebrating, uh, hopefully, a Barracuda victory, if that's the case. So uh, let's go back to the chat here. Uh, Jerry F. saying, will they wear teal tomorrow since it's considered a home game? I want to say, or excuse me, Sunday. I would think yes. I think they have both both equipment with them since I think they just took a bus ride from Irvine. I would think so um, for that exact point because they just they've they've been away from a while. They had their their teal jerseys there in Irvine, so I could see that happening. Plus, I know that Henderson was wearing their their white jerseys at home. Uh, the final home stand there uh, of the regular season. So I could definitely see that happening. Um, and speaking of jerseys, yeah. uh, Henderson suddenly just decided to ditch the gold numbers. Um, I guess that happened uh, mid-April. I didn't realize that. But um, it was nice. I don't know how you felt, Eric, but it was nice to actually be able to say, oh, that's number eight, not number... Yeah. Well, they, so. they still have the contrasting... Uh, the the. I blame the frickin' Flyers for this. Uh, the whole trend of the contrasting nameplates uh, still have no clue who it is, but it's nice to see them. I, I you know, honestly, uh, considering the organization that it is, and and I'm trying to make sure I, I say these things nicely because I know one of the graphic designers for, uh, for the Golden Knights slash Silver Knights, who actually was the model for when they unveiled the Silver Knights jerseys, I no. I actually really like the Silver Knights jerseys, even with so that, do I. even with that hint of gold on their numbers. I thought that looked really crisp. I actually loved the gold numbers. They were horrible to watch on TV, right. but like from the, when you look at them close up, I thought that gold really popped against mm -hmm. the gray. Like I, I liked yeah. it. I wanted a Regan jersey. <laughs> I yeah. want one. I, I mean, it's really nice. I, I do like how they complemented, uh, not duplicating what the NHL squad is, which has kind of become the en vogue thing in, in the, in the uh, AHL uh, per se with the Barracuda, but kind of right. like it's like their parent club, but it has a little bit of a twist. That yeah. being said, those Chrome helmets have to go. Dear oh, they God. have to go. I have to go. That's, so. that's why I like the orange jerseys. The orange, whoops, I'm leaning the wrong way. <laughs> I like the orange Jersey. I'm all messed up. Yeah. There we go. The orange jersey, because it's the same style, but it's a little different, you right. know. Um, and I think that's why they're so popular, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, we have a couple of questions in the chat. Go for yeah, it. We have not forgotten you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Rob asking, does Co return to junior next season? Yes, absolutely. Uh, because he will still only be 19 when the season presumably starts next year. So he will only be eligible to play in in juniors, uh, you know, assuming the OHL and not another CHL league. Um, but, yeah, he would have to be on the Sharks, which I don't see happening as, as much as the Sharks could 
use reinforcements. Um, uh, that seems too far of a stretch for me, but um, good experience for Co this year, yeah. for sure. Definitely. Uh, and he's contributed, you know, throughout the play-in and the playoffs. So yeah. good to see. Yeah, I mean, again, starting from a healthy scratch to working his way up to the top line here, uh, maybe out of circumstance, but still, I mean, you, he's you not there because he didn't deserve it. What's that? Uh, you take you take your opportunities and run with it, right? Or well, I, I guess skate with it in, in this sense. But uh, <laughs> uh, Jerry F saying thanks for this great CUDA coverage. Check your Venmo, by the way. Oh boy, we we, we have a we have a wraparound. And hey, we actually have a, a, a AHL game to talk about as yes. well. Uh, yes, thank you, Jerry. That's awesome. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it as always. You know, uh, so the other Pacific Division semifinal between. Uh, Bakersfield and San Diego, and in the Ducks affiliate comes up the winner one nut or one game to nothing in the series, but a uh, five three if I'm not mistaken. You know, um, I I'll pull it up. I believe that is correct, but I, I believe um, because I was really focused more on the San Jose game, but I believe that San Diego was up three nothing and blew a lead. Uh, we'll need to double check that, but they they did end up coming from behind, or not coming from behind, but but uh, winning that game, I should say, five to three over Bakersfield. I know that Sam Carrick had a couple of goals, the all-time leading scorer against the Barracuda, uh, Sam Carrick, and they also San Diego is going to be a tough out, uh, even though Henderson was the the number one seed and and San Diego is the number three seed because with the Ducks out of the playoffs, they got all of their reinforcements back and and eric <laughs> yeah. the the barracuda this season were very fortunate to only have to play trevor zegris once i don't <laughs> know if they even played against jamie drysdale uh vinnie letary i think was called up at one point sam carrick was called up at one point so so the barracuda kind of got by san diego uh in a couple of those instances but but bakersfield's facing their full wrath yeah, uh, Jerry F. reiterating it. Yeah, San Diego was up 3 nothing after two periods. And in fact, yeah, looking at it here, Bakersfield won the third period 3-2. to two, But, uh, you know, and the shots were ridiculous. A combined 73 shots there. But uh, Trevor Zegras, four-point night, a goal and three assists uh, on there. Uh, a wow. Lot, and and uh, three power play goals for uh, San Diego, including two from Carrick, uh so a uh, crazy night indeed. Uh, you know, Jamie Drysdale with a couple, a couple of points as well. So uh, they're looking just, good. Yeah, just looking from that box score, I think I want to check out that third period because I know, I know the players on, uh, you know, the the players on Bakersfield and San Diego, San Diego. Those rosters are pro both pretty deep when all of their players are assigned to them. Um, so I might check out that third period and, uh, for any of you on AHL TV, um, I, I suggest it just on a whim as well. Cause it's probably, probably pretty entertaining hockey, better, better than the Barracuda game tonight. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so San Diego goes up one game to nothing in that series. And I believe they play tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, um, I feel like here. they also play Sunday. It would make more sense for them to play tomorrow, but I am very certain that they play their second game on Sunday. I know game three, both game threes are Monday because if Bakersfield San Diego goes to a game three, that'll be at six o'clock. And then, of course, the Barracuda and Henderson, if that goes to 
uh, a game three. That would be at one o'clock. That's Monday. Uh, do you have the? Yeah, the I have Sunday? it up here. So Sunday, uh, so your schedule or your HL schedule on Sunday, one p.m. Henderson at San Jose. Yeah. Uh, and then Sunday at five p.m. It's Bakersfield at San Diego. Hey, hey, that that that's to San Jose's benefit because <laughs> Henderson almost never lost at home. So technically, we're the home team. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would I would think they would have all the all the stuff for the Cuda to make it like that. I remember Tucson kind of had the same setup for uh, the Barracuda, which I thought was pretty cool. And then on Monday the twenty fourth, if necessary for these games, San Jose at Henderson at one. And then 6 p.m. in Bakersfield for San Diego and the Condors there. Uh, but uh, Jerry F. is saying, I love having the AHL TV, too. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I was so excited till I found it was a little late just for a division title, not for the Calder. I want a cup. So you're not the only one, Finn. You're not the only one. Um, did you catch anything from the NHL tonight by chance? Caught a little bit. I know a couple games went to overtime right as the uh, Barracuda started up, and I I know there were uh, you know some some surprises there, and I, I especially a goal in Edmonton where Mike Smith uh, had his defense uh, in turn heel on him. Uh, yeah, uh, that cross checker, you know, uh, one of the infamous cross checkers. Uh, Wait, Jake Lecision? <laughs> oh. No, uh, Paul Stastny uh, with the uh, game-winning overtime goal, getting the Winnipeg Jets up 2-0 in that series. Uh, y- you also have Colorado putting a stranglehold on the on the Blues, 5-1. to one. Oof, that's the one I did not hear about. Yeah, so. that one was pretty crazy. And, and that, that score didn't get going until the second period. Uh, and, of course, because you mentioned Colorado, Kadri. Uh, Nazem Kadri suspended eight games for a legal check to the head from Justin Falk. So he's out at least the rest of this series. And, you know, um, yeah, if Colorado sweeps, he's going to be pretty much out for the rest of the second round, which is going to be quite interesting. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, uh, Nashville wins in double overtime, five to four. Uh, Duchesne with a nice move and a nice assist from uh, Roman Yossi for the double overtime winner there. Uh, so you have all that. I believe that's all the scoring for the uh, NHL on this night. But, uh, oh, and Boston. Carolina. Yeah, or, uh, uh, yeah, that one. Boston's up 3-1 on uh, the Capitals. So the Capitals face elimination on Saturday. So that's going to be an interesting one as the Capitals, who looked promising, all of a sudden are facing elimination. Yeah, yeah. Remember, remember in the season preview when I said Capitals are going to win the Stanley Cup, and then near the trade deadline, I said, I for five minutes I said Toronto, and then I said I don't know why I'm thinking that it's still going to be Washington. Now I did change my mind when the playoff when the playoff started. My my bracket says Tampa Bay, so I'm still in the running here, but. Boy, oh boy, Washington right now with the, the drama with Kuznetsov and Samsonov, I think, uh, is really taking a toll on the team. I mean, we saw it after the second game. I almost feel like a lot of the the Ovechkin drama, you know, like, is he mad at Samsonov? Is he, you know, I think a lot of that is 
man, you're goofing off off the ice. Now you're goofing off on the ice kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's not a good culture right now. Uh, seemingly, again, as as we've talked about many times with the Sharks culture, you know, people say, like, oh, it's cancerous in the locker room. We don't know that. We're, we can only speculate. And so I'm only speculating with Washington based on being down 3-0 that right now, uh, they they're gonna need some uh, th- their leadership core with Ovechkin and Backstrom and Chara to really to stand high here. Um, yeah. Wow. I Boston mean, up three zero. Yeah, I mean, or three one. Three one. Yeah. Uh, the, no, 3-0. Isn't is it 3-0? It, I thought they. I thought Washington won the first game in overtime. Yeah, Nick Dowd with the overtime winner. Oh, gee, it feels like so long ago, right? <laughs> uh, Sharks last saying, how can that game ha- not have any goals when McDavid and Drysdale are on the ice? You would think, uh, you know, here, here's a scary situation in the North Division and coming from complete Canadian TV ratings. Picture of Toronto and Edmonton don't advance to the second round. <laughs> I mean. Hey, last last year, Edmonton and Pittsburgh didn't even make the playoffs. Right. <laughs> Go figure. And, and you know, that's going to start a whole heap of uh, media craziness there. So and as for the Caps, I, I honestly, I mean, they were expecting Lundqvist to be their goaltender and then, and, you know, health conditions get in the way. And, and then, uh, you know, uh, Vatacek. Vanacek, yeah. Vanacek, you know, goes down with an injury, and now you're you're platooning between Samsonov and uh, and Craig Anderson. You wonder if they go back to Anderson for Game Four or Game Five. Right. Excuse me. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And Marty uh, T saying, <laughs> "How about throwing some love to Team Latvia for shutting out Canada?" I missed it. Like I missed that game. I turned my TV on to get ready for NHL Now to come on. And then I heard the broadcaster say, so Latvia wins two to nothing. And I, I like, I, I was working and I legit looked up from my laptop and went, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go figure on that. That's but, awesome. But I know, uh, uh, Mario Ferraro has been getting some love, uh, in this tournament. So I, I good to hear that. Uh, I haven't checked on everybody else. That's, uh sharks related in the world championships but uh you know i believe usa starts tomorrow i think gotcha i I world championships say until it gets the elimination round world championships is kind of off my radar but i believe usa starts tomorrow gotcha so um a couple more uh questions in the chat that i just want to bring up so first off um uh, Rob was asking about Nazem Kadri. I kind of want to say, since since that's when we're really deep into N- getting into NHL and everything like that, I would rather save that for teal tinted glasses when it comes back. So stay tuned. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already, and follow us uh, on social media at Teal Town USA because um, teal tinted glasses coming back soon, and I have to think Kadri will be a, a main point. Oh, but time. very briefly. Kadri gets eight games, very deserved. Tom Wilson, would he have gotten a game? Hmm. I I know you ha- you're in our in the in the DMs, but AJ had a great point uh, in there saying, you know, uh, wait, can I pull it back up? Clearly, Kadri should have punched him in the back of the head when Falk was down face down on the ice, then ragged oh. out O'Reilly, since that would only be five thousand dollars, right? 
Ooh, yikes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then way, way earlier, SG2021 had asked about Montana Onyabuchi. Uh, oh, gosh, I hope I said that right. Yeah, Montana Onyabuchi. <laughs> um, I don't have a whole lot to, to say on him yet. Um, I know that he was an Everett Silver tip who uh, my buddy Brian um, watched and really liked. A very rugged defenseman. So I'm thinking um, just based off stats and, and everything, not actually having seen the player, he seems like a Chaz Redekop type who is the Barracuda's seventh ish defenseman right now more of the rugged he's he's i think he's six foot three i think he's 200 pounds i'm actually more excited about another player the barracuda signed for next year nick Cisak, who's also 203 or uh, 203 uh six foot three 200 pounds um but he seems like he's got a little bit more offensive upside and i realized that uh in the limited season in in the ohl um <clears throat> and the whl uh, sorry, because the OHL didn't play at all. Right. Uh, the WHL, um, it, it's easier to kind of pad your stats uh, without having the, the full grind of the season. But uh, just looking at his overall career stats and the fact that CSIC didn't have an overage year up in juniors and still put up those kind of numbers for being a big defenseman, I kind of like the CSIC signing. So I'll be curious to see that one. But yeah. that's that's what I got for you so far on Montana, on Montana Onyabuchi and Nick Cisek. Gotcha. And then the Sharks finally, and I say finally, announced that they they have uh, signed uh, Daniel Gushin. Oh. Uh, help me out here. Daniel Gushin? Gushin. All right. I think I was close there. You were close. Yeah. You were close. Uh, he, he was in the, with the Muskegon Lumberjacks, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and he, he was a player, um, I, I was pretty high on him. I think I had him in my top 75 in the draft last year. Uh, he's got a lot of talent, got a lot of speed. Um, a North American trained Russian player. So uh, definitely a different player altogether than Max Latunov, who, uh, you know, I've been really happy with his performance this season, If you especially if you caught the last show when I was raving about Latunov. But right. again... Um, having already kind of grown up in North America and knows how the, the game is played, um, when he does turn pro, as long as uh, he, he gets a little bit stronger and continues to uh, put up offensive numbers as he uh, moves up the you know different levels of hockey, I think the, the Sharks have a good one there. Yeah, no, I think I, I, I know our Discord channel loves... Love some Gushishin. Uh, so uh, interesting to see what how he uh, turns out uh, on on the uh, development squad for sure. There's 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 some names. Well, <laughs> there's some names. That's for sure. The <laughs> the names, but uh, there's some players just you know down in the 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 ranks of the prospects that you don't hear about um, who could really step up and 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 be something like. I know the chat in the last game was asking about Timur Ibrahimov, and I think he's looked pretty solid. He hasn't, he's shown flashes. He hasn't shown, you know, any consistency yet, but um, given that it's been three games on a, on a new team for him, I'm not expecting a whole lot out of a six round pick, but he's got some wheels. He's got some creativity. 
and he doesn't look afraid to try things out there. And how many times have we heard about the Sharks taking safe picks and having mm -hmm. prospects who don't have a lot of high ceiling? I don't know if Ibrahimov's got a high ceiling, but the fact that he's willing to to try things and and, and you know learn from mistakes if he makes them. Um, so far, so good for him. Yeah, you talk about a name. <laughs> yeah, that's Remoff. what that's what I mean. Like that's why I had to pause when I said the Sharks have some names, and then I went, "Yes, yeah, yes, they do." <laughs> Granted, it's no Ivan Yuzhenkov, so I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. So, all right. With that, in case you missed anything, you want to check uh, check this out again. Uh, find us on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher. And this is kind of expanded as well a little bit, not too far. So uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, we're virtually everywhere. Stitcher, Burberry, uh, we're, we're now, and Kevin, since you, you've been a part of this for a while, we're now on Audible. That's right. Wow. Our old, our old, our old sponsor, we're now on Audible. Uh, so we'll be on the lookout coming soon to the Odyssey uh, app as well. So be on the lookout for that. So if we're not on some some podcast platform, please let us know. We'll get that out there. But just search Teal Town USA on, on your favorite podcast uh, platform and we should be there. So with that, uh, this will wrap it up. We'll be back with you following uh Barracuda and Silver Knights game two at one o'clock. Uh, that's the game. So roughly about three thirty. Hopefully, does not go into quintuple overtime because uh, that that'd be crazy indeed. Yeah. But uh, Kevin, hey, it might be after dark if if it was the the case. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But uh, Kevin, your final thoughts and where the people can find you. So I'm on I'm on most social media platforms at Kevin Lacey 22. I do want to give a shout out to the folks at Calder Farmstead. Uh, that's a podcast that I have been uh, a guest on every now and then. And with the playoffs going on, they've had me on a couple times as well. So on the episode that was released today, um, I talked with Cece, who is the the host and a uh, someone who covers the Colorado Eagles. So we discussed the the last game. Uh, in depth there. It was a fun conversation. I think it was probably about a half hour or so. And then um, following me, because I was I was the opener, and then following me was Brian McCormick, who's the Henderson Silver Knights play-by-play -play announcer, and they talked for 40 minutes. So if you want to hear more about this San Jose Henderson series, go check out Calder Farmstead, because you got about an hour and 10 minutes of content there. <laughs> um, but as always... Um, check us out here on Teal Town USA because um, it's still my home and uh, we'll be here for the next one. Yeah, absolutely. We look forward to that. We look forward to Teal Tinted Glasses making a return. So yeah. it's very important to make sure, yeah, give us a thumbs up for the show tonight. Hit that subscribe button and, of course, hit that notification bell so when Teal Tinted does return, you're ready for it. So yeah. and I look forward to... Uh, for all that fun stuff. So and thank and thanks for your comments, everyone, guys, because there wasn't a whole lot to talk about for this game. So we really appreciate. You know, we just want to talk hockey, talk about the Barracuda. So thanks for the comments. Yeah, there. Uh, we appreciate the uh, input. We appreciate the love and the comments. Uh, we we all know it's going to be an interesting off season, and you know, learn and hear about the development of the of the Sharks as they uh, reset themselves. 
you know, as we approach the draft lottery and draft and everything else that goes on in the offseason, uh, come come to Teal Talent USA. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you immensely. And we will see you following game two, hopefully a victory for the uh, Barracuda uh, versus the Silver Knights at 1 p.m. on Sunday. We'll be back after that game. And until... Kevin has to say something first. Oh, no, no. I was just getting prepared to do something goofy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I thought you were pointing to yourself for a second. Forgive me. Nope, nope, nope. Take nope, two. Nope. We'll Carry we'll, on. We'll, Carry on. We'll, Although we'll, he is at PuckGuy14. He I forgot am. to mention that. Uh, on the Twitter and the Instagram, of course. So, and until Sunday afternoon, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great day or night, everyone. Wait. Oh, no. <laughs> that way. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you Sunday afternoon.